Hi, Joe Lysett here in Bridge End, and my favourite agricultural podcast is the Pub Yields podcast with Jacob and Di. All the other agricultural podcasts are a load of piss and shit. They're a load of piss and shit. How we doing, Jake? Not too bad, Di. How's things, mate? Yeah, can't complain. Bloody hell. When we talk, people listen, eh? They do. We are we are the oracles, aren't we? You know? <laughs> Me, yeah. We literally we we only have to say one thing and, and it's done. People follow us, don't they? We are the messiahs. For those listening at home, last episode. We ribbed Will Carlyle and told him to get on one knee and propose to his missus. And what's he gone and done? Propose to his missus. Oh, see, we speak and people listen. I but, know, I know. Do you know what? I'm surprised people haven't asked us to have a word with Boris to stop all his partying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But in all seriousness, he must have known that he was going to do it. He must probably have the ring in his bloody pocket and had to listen to us bully him about not being engaged. He definitely didn't. He definitely finished after a few uh, a few gin and tonics. He finished that Zoom call with us, Di, and then he definitely went on Amazon and looked for a ring, didn't he? So, yeah. well, those those two Welsh bastards have told me now I've got to do it. Well, you know, I've got to do it now. Fucking hell, I hope his missus doesn't hear this and realise he bought an engagement ring off Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair, they're, they're a little bit more Middle England than that, aren't they? They, they won't be buying off Amazon, I suppose. <laughs> They're not, they're not hill farmers from South Wales, are they? To be an bargains do next day delivery. Just, 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 just wondering. Just wondering. I don't know, but Littles did have an offer the other day on hula hoops. That's all right, isn't it? Same thing. <laughs> oh. oh, hang on. Oh, sorry, guys. Uh, we've just lost Jacob there. He's clear enough. Uh, well, I'm guessing either, either his missus has rung him and asked him to hand out some more uh, Yes Camry leaflets. Or uh, or maybe the BBC have rung him, want him to slag off Brexit again. Whichever side, it's up to, it's up to them. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just me and you guys. So if if anyone listening would like to be the new uh, host of Pubbio's podcast, uh, feel free to get in touch. Um, requirements include a pulse. Um, um, brain cells not required. Um, if you can feel you can chat more shit than us, good luck. And uh, yeah, oh yeah, you, oh you're back, Jake. You back? Oh, sorry about that. I uh, my dad just phoned me and they cut the Zoom call off. He wanted to know why I was parked up in the tractor in the middle of the field on stop. He thought there was something wrong and trying to explain to him that no, I'm trying to record a podcast with Di. He said, "All oh, right, I'm just hang out." So yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. Pete's our biggest fan, though. He is. He does love it. He does love it. He <laughs> subscribes and leaves good reviews. Yeah, and uh, he, he pulls our um, average age listenership right up. He does. He does. When's Gare going to listen to it, then? <laughs> oh, God. Christ alone, imagine. But like I said, just like a jukebox, the hits keep coming. This week, it's agricultural royalty, Jake. It is. It is. It's, you know... 
this is the female version of Prince Harry, isn't it? You know, proper, yeah. proper royalty. Yeah. And not only is she a queen, but she's a chief. See what I did there? You did. You did. That was, that was clever, Di. That was, that was really intelligent. And not, not only that, I would say this is agriculture's power couple at the moment. Wouldn't you? Yeah. This is one half of agriculture's power couple. Well, we've had the face of agriculture. It's about time we had the queen of agriculture on. Of course, we are talking about the chief shepherdess. You've all seen her. There's no point us even plugging her, is there? No, there is. I, I don't think so. I think she's pretty well known as it is, Diane. Do you know what, Di? Not only is she well known, what a nice, genuine girl that has plenty of banter. Yeah. Yeah, you know she she says it how it is. She's not, she's not on Instagram being false or whatever. She just depicts what agriculture really is, isn't it? But at the same yeah. time, what a laugh, what a crack. No p's and q's with her. She just what you see is what you get. So down to earth and so happy to play along with us, fucking idiots. Like we've had people, we've uh, asked people to come on the podcast before, and they've said, yeah, yeah, keen, keen, big names now, names everyone knows. And then they say, yeah, yeah, keen to come on, keen to come on. Yeah, well, all you'll have to do is uh, talk to us and then down a pint. As soon as you mention down a pint, never hear from again. Yeah, we've, we've had a couple like that. Um, you know, a couple of, uh, I don't know what the technical term would be to call them. Die, but I call them shit houses. What do you call them? <laughs> oh, God, I guess they won't be replying again. Anyway. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. You don't have to see a pint off. Look at me. Look at like me. It took me ages and it died only down to half of a pint. So, you yeah. know, you can do what you want. It? Technically, I think. It's all you, for the pot. I think technically, if you take more than 20 seconds, you're not seeing her off. You're just drinking it. <laughs> yeah. You're just chilling with your mates. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, let's crack on. With no further ado, it's our very own Ginger Spice. It's the Chief Shepherdess. Let's go, girls. Welcome to the Pub Yields podcast with me. She's laughing at me already. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Pub Yields podcast with me, David Reese. Me, Jacob Anthony. And our guest tonight, 
Zoe, is it Colville? Wow. Colville. You started rinsing me already. Colville. Is that how you pronounce it? Oh, no, he's being serious. He just can't. He just not very good. You're being serious. Zoe, I thought you were taking the piss. Zoe Colville. Yeah. Colville. Have I got that completely wrong? Is that it? Good start. Anyway, Dai. Colville. Fucking. Col- <laughs> Colville. As Colville. In- As in coal, like coal mining. No, coal. As in like French Col- village. Colville. Dai, it's easy. Colville. Colville. Let your mate say it. Let your mate say it. Colville. Colville. Yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah like that. Perfect. Colville. That's what I said. You're going so red. Hang on. Let your mate say it. We're not mates. We're associates, aren't we, Dai? So, anyway, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Colville. <laughs> Zoe, Zoe, Colville, Colville, Colville. Oh, just don't pronounce the L then. Which L? Oh. There's three of them. The first one. Yeah, so like, Colville. it's not, it's not Coville. It's Coal, Coal, Colville. Like Ashley Cole. Yeah, Ville. Colville. Right. Like an our, an our guest tonight, Zoe Colville. <laughs> is that better? Do you want me to say hello? Yes, What's if you could. Do that. <laughs> that's, misery. that's generally how podcasts work, yeah. Hey. <laughs> you are uh, you our age? Pardon? How, how, yeah. old are you? Jake, how old are you? I'm, I'm 28. 28? Yeah, I'm 28. Yeah. I'm just a bit baby-faced, I am. Yeah, I can't believe that. Jake's too old to be messing about on a bloody podcast, that's what he is. Do you think? How old are you then? Twenty. Well, I'm going to be 26 on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) And you'd think Di's the older one, wouldn't it? I'm 31. I'm 31. And Chris is my toy boy. He was only 30 in... Has he been 30? He's March, but he was born in 92. So he's been 30, hasn't he? No. No. He's not 30 oh, yet. He's 30 in March. Hey, what, what date in March is Chris's birthday? I thought this podcast was meant to be about me. No, I'm just because I'm in March as well. I just want to. I'm joking. He's the nine. Ah, no, I missed it. Missed it. 17. Oh, yeah. Are you a Pisces? Pisces, yeah. Yeah, same with him. Absolute nightmare. <laughs> anyway, Zoe. Hello. What are you drinking? We ask every guest. Um, I have, I have a few things I've brought up with me. I've got porn star martini here. Oh yeah. Um, and never had that before. You never had a porn star martini. No, I guess has never drunk um, a porn star. Oh, martini. you've had one though, haven't you? Yeah. I've had plenty of porn stars. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm drinking. It's a bit of a common way to drink it because I haven't got the nice glass, but you know. And I've got some few different tonic waters and. A bottle of gin. Oh, nice, nice variety. I didn't, I didn't know if I didn't know if if I was allowed, not allowed, but if I could go downstairs and get another drink. So I just bought everything. No, you can't <laughs> leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're here for the duration of the evening now. You can't leave. Oh, I know. <laughs> I thought I'd just screw everything up here, 
and then I've got a little bell. If I need any more ice, I can just tinkle the bell, and Chris will go and get me some ice. So you know, yeah. and I bought and I bought this in with me as well, chocolate bar. Oh, just nice. in case, I know how to live. Life of luxury. What are you drinking, Di? Warm Guinness. A warm Guinness. Um, going through a, a crate that I was given for Christmas. You know the old classic. Um, thanks for all your help throughout the year. Uh, so fifteen of them. And uh, we'll see how we're on my second now. See how many we can get through by the end. Oh, you're a legend. I'm, yeah, I'm a bit, bit fucking special. What about you, Jake? Let me get some poxy little IPA. Some poxy little IPA. Yeah. Moose <laughs> yeah. Island Midway IPA tonight. So, Ooh. You know, you know, something fancy. Can we actually <laughs> podcast a bit? Come on. So, Zoe, we all know you as the Chief Shepherdess on Instagram, and we've already interviewed... Uh, oh, hi, I know, whereas Chris is uh, the Super Serious Farmer's other half. Oh, that, oh shit, I wasn't <laughs> going to say that, but okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I know, the face of farming's other half. Isn't she the one that takes the pictures for him? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Kept in the cage and takes the photos once a week. <laughs> <laughs> You do realise I had to, like, when when he hit 10,000 followers, I had to climb, right, he reversed the truck. I had to climb on the truck, which, A, he didn't even help me up onto the truck or the tree. And, B, he then micromanaged me from laying on the floor of how I should be taking the photo. <laughs> anyway, so he laid on the floor and I had to sit up a tree taking various pictures of him for his 10k post which obviously if in case no one knows who he is this is a complete piss take he's not a complete wanker um, and I just thought where's my life gone so wrong like at what point did this become how I spent my day sitting up a tree taking photos and I just thought some people this is their actual life like they they actually say into their other half like oh get get a photo of me in front of Gucci, get a photo of me coming out of the sea, you know, with sticking my bum out. Like, that's people's real life. And I just thought, fuck that. Yeah, I saw <laughs> no life for me. I saw a video on Instagram the other day, and it was like this one of these shots of like a, a, some girl in like some, uh, like traveling in Thailand, where she's walking slowly down the pier into the beach. And then it said Instagram, and then it showed reality. And there was a queue of like 30 lads and lasses <laughs> all waiting to do exactly the same thing down that bit of pier but anyway that's why we thought we'd get you on because everyone wants to know how someone from such humble beginnings is now taking photos of the influencer no how someone from such humble beginnings um has become i well we are not going to blow too much smoke up your ass but as is doing rather rather well for themselves do you want to just tell us because we all know you as a shepherdess but you weren't born a shepherdess were you no I don't even know if I class as one now, to be honest. But chief. <laughs> oh my god! Hang on. And that's the end of the interview, guys. Thank that's you for joining us, and we'll see you all on. next time. Thank you. That's the quickest pint we've had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're all right. Hang on. I I got a bit of whiplash, but I might I should get over it. It's because I've borrowed a posh tripod. Hang on. For the listeners at home, she just dropped us on our face and. Uh, yeah, we'll sue for concussion, won't we, Jake? We will do anything for a pretty back in a day. We'll have that muck food contract now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was blowing some smoke up your ass. I, we're interested in knowing how someone from such humble beginnings 
has got to where you are today. Do you want to tell us where you're from? Yeah, let me just pour a drink one second. So I was born, I don't know how far back you want me to go. Started womb. Womb, okay. Yeah, you don't need I... to go any further back than womb. We know what happens before yeah. that. I'm still... Do we? I, I saw a video once, and I think I get it now. I went. To, I went to a Catholic school. We were told, you know, not until marriage. Like, so they used to make us watch these videos of how it all happens. I don't want to go into details again, but just start yeah. at the womb stage. And then the talk. priest, the priest would take him behind the green curtain and say, "This is how it happened." Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Father O'Malley. <laughs> it was. It wasn't as um, exciting as that. I was conceived. I was then, um, I came six weeks early. I was born six weeks early and I was tiny, like four pounds or something, absolutely tiny. I went to a little village primary school. My mum told me that she was pregnant with my sister five years later and I cried solidly saying that she wouldn't do that to me and she was lying. And I was frankly a bit of a brat my whole childhood. Um, I then went to secondary school. Um, it was a, um, how do I say, you had to wear gym knickers. So it was one of those. It was an all-girls school. It was bitchy. Um, you used to get bullied if you had sweat patches, that kind of thing. Um, and I was overweight and a bit of a grunger. Do you know what a grunger is? No. I don't, I don't, know, know, that I don't know what gym knickers are either. Yeah, I'm I'm I didn't want to. Do you know what a gym knicker is? No. Is this someone in next year? Hi. <laughs> okay, so a gym knicker is like. Do you actually not know? Are you winding me up? No, genuinely, I don't know what a gym knickers are. Okay, are they so like Bridget Jones knickers. Did you do PE at school? Yeah. Yeah. What did what you have it? to wear? Like shorts. Shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, so we had to wear like a blue, like polo shirt, like like a Lacoste polo shirt, but obviously like from oh, Aston. Yeah. Like polo shirt like that, and then like knickers, like um, like a knicker, like a imagine a pair of shorts but cut yeah. into a knicker shape. I know, what knick I know what knickers are, but how do knickers compare to, to a gym knicker? You had to wear them for PE. Okay, so like they're like a burgundy, um, yeah, like a burgundy pair of knickers, but just very like a pair of Y fronts in burgundy and you had to wear them for PE. Now imagine if you were slightly overweight, um, maybe didn't know about waxing yet, and then you're put in a room of 30 girls and you're told to climb, you know, climb this pole or go over this vault in these in these gym knickers. It was just I, like it was like a bully's wet dream. It's the only way I can describe what I'm, what I'm thinking is die is bungalow in Bajend Athletics rugby kit uh, pre-season training yeah that's, yeah that's the image I've got in my head yeah yeah but I, I always think that about all boys schools or all girls schools they just must be a f absolute fever pitch for bullying yeah and I didn't do you know what I mean I'm not I'm not having an x-factor sub story moment here like I wasn't bullied bullied but we were all horrible to each other it's just how it was and I was a bit of a grunger, which grunge is like, um, like a scene kid or like a, not goth, not a goth, but like you would listen to um, Red Jumps, the apparatus. We call, we call them like emos. Uh, emos. Are you going 
Are you say emosia. So it's like, yeah, it's in between like an e. It's probably be, a grunger would be like in between like an indie kid and yeah. and an emo. So like someone in the middle, or you'd call yeah. them a grebo as well. I'm okay. uh, probably really showing my age here, and I'm going to regret it. But anyway, so you know, you got teased a bit, and this, that, and the other. I then um, after that went to oh god so much happened in between not very exciting it's probably not going to talk about that then i went to art college and made friends with various people that did um things that my dad wouldn't approve of and then we then i went to london at 18 and i decided i was going to be a hairdresser i worked the reason i wanted to be a hairdresser in all honesty is when, I weren't a rebel or anything like that, but if people told me to do something when I was younger, I would always want to not do that, um, which I think a lot of us definitely do growing up. But when at my stuffy girls' school, when I said I, I wanted to be a hairdresser, they said it was a waste of my academic ability. Like, I got nearly all A's in my GCSEs. They thought I was destined to uni, to go to uni, but I weren't really fussed about it. Um, I just wanted to get out, earn some money and, and start living a bit, really. So, yeah, I moved to London um, and worked in Selfridges. I don't know if you know Selfridges. No. Um, it's basically money. <laughs> it smells like money in there. Yeah. Everyone that goes, everyone that shops there just stinks of wealth, basically. Posh and I... Was there a period drama about Selfridges? Yes, there was. It was, was it? Yeah. Really? Was. It's actually quite good. Yeah, but it was, do you know what? I went from a girl that that I probably knew one gay guy. I probably had, like, in my village school, it was, you know, 99.9% white British kids. My secondary school was probably much the same. And then... I'm living in Whitechapel. My boyfriend at the time was at, at uni, so I lived in his halls. Like, you've obviously all been in a, in a hall's bedroom. Like, it's tiny. And I'm, like, catapulted to London, and I'm living in Whitechapel, where 99.9% .9 of people aren't white British. And it, it completely blew my mind, but I was just addicted to that kind of feeling of... Um, every day was different, like you'd get on the tube every day and every single day you'd kind of have different interactions with different people and I just absolutely loved it and I smoked too much drank too much and had the time of my life um basically in a nutshell and then what happened next uh dated a few people and it was just a bit of a shit show really because it's really strange like there's think how many thousands and thousands of people live in London like from all over the globe and they all live in London and majority of them probably want to do the same thing which is to have a good time but what's hard to do is to find someone that's on the same page or on the same wavelength like as you because you've all had different backgrounds and different growing up that's really exciting. But when it comes to being in a relationship, I found it quite difficult because they don't have the same like morals as you or I just found it really difficult. Um, so I didn't really have much luck in love, really. 
And then some random guy sent me a message on Facebook Messenger. <laughs> no, he sent me a message, message and what was nice for me was he reminded me a bit, I was a bit homesick at the time. Like I was a bit, um, not homesick, but like, I don't know, loads of my friends were like settling down and stuff, which happens when you get to a certain age. And I was kind of a bit like, I didn't have anyone to party with anymore kind of thing. Mm. Anyway, Chris came around at the right time and we're still together now. Um, it's been a little bit shit in places, but the life we live now is is pretty is pretty good, really. Oh, you, you two are so cute. You are literally the Romeo and Juliet of the Shepherd in world. Romeo. <laughs> 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 You know, um, Facebook told me on the way home tonight that it's actually our anniversary today. And you've oh, chosen to spend it with us too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be fair, neither of us realised at all. And everyone always goes, oh, um, so how long have you been together? And we both just look at each other and go, mm, "We are." you can only tell by how old the dog is to how long we've been together or like Facebook and um um, Facebook memories and stuff like that and people are like you don't know oh but you're so pissed off of him that you don't know and I just think it's not really that important is it but to me it's not that it's not that important when it gets to like a decade then yeah. I'll be like fair play but you, I, but, I, don't know, I don't know about Jake Jake's had a lot more experience you can't put a date on it because like you probably you probably text each other for like six months yeah <laughs> you know well <laughs> did it Chris tell you how, how we actually got together I, yeah. I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, yeah it was on a, on a, he messaged you after a night out or something, was it? Yeah. How did you on he Facebook? He He messaged me on Facebook, <laughs> Facebook Messenger, wankered, literally saying like you're a bit fit or <laughs> you're a bit you're a bit sexy or whatever it was. I can't remember what it was. You're a bit whatever, and I just thought, oh god. Here we go. I, I love the geezer terminology. Like you're a bit of fit, or you're a bit of. You are. I was living in London, so I come home, come home to my mum and dad. So I was like in my bedroom from. Well, I moved out when I just turned eighteen, so it was like my bedroom from back then, and I was like in a single bed, and I was just thinking, who is this guy? Like, who's he think he is? And then the next morning, he sent me this really, like, groveling message, like, oh, I'm so sorry, I had a few sherbets last night, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then he just badgered me for, like, what felt like an eternity until I eventually said, all right, come come to London. And he turned up, like, I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating, he turned up with this huge, like, puffer jacket on. Like, you take the piss out of my jacket in that photo, but, like, proper, like, I don't know. Like it looked like it should be Stone Island, but it wasn't. Do you know what I mean? Like football yeah. far kind of. Yeah. And in his pocket, he had a toothbrush and a pair of pants in his pocket. <laughs> and he didn't realise that I like I'd kind of clocked it. Like he obviously went in to get his phone, and I saw it or whatever. And I just thought that's a bit cheeky, isn't it? I would have thought, is he homeless? <laughs> Where did, where did he come from? <laughs> oh, my God. And then, um, yeah, we did shots at the bar and we learned to jive off this. This couple taught us how to jive, which is quite cool. And then our projectile vomited down the stairs of my flat. So 
that yeah. was really great. And then oh. when I was I was literally bent over the toilet vomiting, hey. and he came in, came in with a glass of water, which is probably the first and last time he's ever done anything that caring. And he was like, "How are you still fit when you're throwing up?" And I just thought, <laughs> is, "Is is this guy blind? Is this guy homeless and blind?" Because I've never felt more unattractive in my life than that moment. How are you still fit when you're... Yeah, got that one. Cheers, thank you. That's great. Yeah. And how are you still... And I woke up the next morning and, you know, I mean, we've all been in those positions where you kind of... You're so groggy and you notice your dry mouth before anything else. And I just thought, oh, my God. A, have I pissed the bed? B, where have I, like, where have I vomited? And C, I don't even know the C one, but I just remember turning around and he was just, like, literally laid like a vicar on top of the bed, like, on top of the bedding like that, stiff as a board, with his belt on, his jeans on. I just turned around, I was like, you all right? And it was just, I just remember he just looked, like, so uncomfortable um, and then, yeah, the rest is history. Really, he took me, took me to see the baby sloths at London Zoo, and that was it. Really, this is a true love story, yeah. isn't it? Though, oh, true love story. Yeah, <laughs> That's the way to get laid, baby sloths. <laughs> Write that down as well, though. Yeah, I'm gonna just uh, <laughs> make some notes. Sloths. And so, yeah, that was, you don't need them now. You've got a girlfriend now, though. Yeah, but I see. Yeah. I'm hoping baby sloths will seal the deal. <laughs> <laughs> Sheep wise, which is probably the main thing that you actually care about rather than. Um, oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> everyone, everyone comes on here and talks about sheep. All right, that's fine then. So, yeah, basically, we, we just wing everything. Like, we don't ever plan everything. And sometimes. Sometimes it drives me mental because we genuinely don't have a plan. Like, and we both, you know, there are people in, in your life that are, they, they love a fad. Like one minute they're going to be like Britain's, Britain's next top gymnast. The next week they've bought a mountain, like we all knew them at school. They bought a mountain bike and they're at Bedgebury doing trial race. Do you know what I mean? Like just flip from thing to thing. Yeah. Chris and I are a bit like that, like, and we egg each other on with it. So Little Farm Fridge, for example, was just a fad. The Sheep was just a fad. The Instagram page was just a fad. Like, we we never really plan much. And one day that will fail us. But so far, we're having quite a good time doing well, that. I, I think it's all absolutely flying with you. I think you've underdone yourself a little bit there when it comes to the Instagram page. But not only that. The, the farm setup, the, what you guys have got now, considering you had absolutely nothing and you, you started with nothing, you had no help really, and you've just gotten into it and grown and grown and grown. I think you've done yourself down and played yourself down a little bit. There, You've got a decent business between the two of you coming along there and you've learned as you've gone along. And, you know, I, I imagine you have a lot of other farmers now messaging you for adv- advice as opposed to historically giving you guys looking for it. You never see that yourself, though, do you? Never. You never, no, ever sit down and go, fucking hell, we're doing well. Like, you, you never do that because especially I think with – it's very kind of you to say. I'm not, you know, I'm not being rude there. But you never really sit down and think oh, 
so if you live in the moment like I guess we do all you're looking at right is your bank balance right now you're looking at things like that you're looking at for example all the bills coming through your door you're, you're thinking of those things you're not looking in the field and saying fuck we've okay. actually got like 60 grand's worth of stocks sitting in a the field there instead I'm thinking oh my god that grass is getting really low where the hell are we going to put them next mm, like you never really appreciate I guess how, how much you've achieved it's always I think that's and we're not really that's, that's farming I think yeah, I, I, I think that's healthy, and it? it's uh, yeah. the the adage of evolve or no, what's um, there is you're a good, on my Darwin now, will you? There is no, there, yeah, evolve that, but there is a good saying. It's something like to stand still is to go backwards, because you know yeah. if you're if you're sitting on your laurels thinking you've achieved something, then you've you're just going to fall to the wayside because no, the people who aren't thinking that are industry ahead. Yeah, that's how, you- that's how we feel anyway. But it's very kind of you to say. You know, uh, I'm going to bore the pants off the two of you now because I That's love. Not like you, guy. Uh, it's not like me. I absolutely I love Only Fools and Horses. Do either of you watch it? That's a hell of a show. Yeah, carry on. Basically, you watched El Boy for seven seasons trying to become a millionaire. You know, in every episode, he tries and he tries and he fails, and he's trying and he's, and he's just wants to be a millionaire. And in the final episode of the proper series, he finally becomes a millionaire. And he's got the money and he sits back and he's just bored. Because, yeah. like, well, now he's got it. He, 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 and, he, and then somebody rings him with some faulty radiators that are going on the cheap and he just goes and buys them because he thinks he might be able to make a couple of quid on them. Because, you know, it, it's, it's not the goal you want. It's the process of getting to the goal that you want. Yeah. yeah. And also, so someone asked me the other day to write down, like, for something. They wanted me to write down our goals for the future, Chris and I. And and another thing was if we had any regrets was another one. Now, in terms of like goals for the future, I mean, does anyone actually sit down and write those? Like surely they just could, like come to you, don't they? Like, yeah. like January the 1st, I guess there are some girls and boys that sit down and write, this year I want to achieve X, Y, and Z. But, but why would I set like... Especially with farming, it's so volatile, yeah. and with and with animals, like I, f- I think you're setting yourself up to f- to fail if you write. Okay, I want to do blah 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 blah, and it's just not how our brains work. Instead, you know, like we did with the little farm fridge, we we always wanted to sell the food, like the meat, direct off the farm. We always wanted to do that. There was always something um, that basically we we were sick of having x amount for a lamb for, for argument's sake x amount for a lamb in the market one week and then the next week it would be down you know 30 pence a kilo whatever it is we all we wanted to do was to have our produce that we worked bloody hard for appreciated so therefore we were going to sell it direct blah, blah blah anyway basically we was in the front field and we were loading some lamb stuff so we had the little lambs that are like two weeks old on the top deck and the mum on the bottom deck, and they were just going to be moved over down the road to another field. And someone asked us if they was going to slaughter. And I just looked at Chris, and then we were like, no, like, have you ever eaten a lamb's leg before? Obviously, it doesn't look like that. Like, And we were both, like, astounded by it. So in bed that night, we were like, fuck it, we're going to have to do it, aren't we? Like, people want to eat meat off the farm. They have no realisation of actually how the process of how it goes from here to here 
we're just gonna have to do it like this area needs it um and then yeah that is the, sorry, sorry just before you i think that's a massive stumbling block that the, the sheep industry in particular has is the fact that lamb is called lamb like yeah. the beef industry have not got this problem because you don't eat calf you eat no. beef and yeah. if you want to get really in depth, oh, if you want to get really in depth, the only reason it is is because William the Conqueror invaded and introduced French into our language, which is why um, I'm going to bore the fucking pants of you. William the Conqueror invaded and took over. So basically, there was a time in this country when the aristocracy were French, but the, the servants were British, were English. So that's why all the words for animals that the servants would deal with, cow, sheep, pig, but all the food terms are French words, beef, mutton, pork. That's why this... Because the anyway, think about in desperately here. <laughs> Talking of William the Conqueror, yeah. did you know that? Well, you're obviously not going to know this, but I just have to. <laughs> My surname is Colville, yeah. Oh, don't get died to say it again. Don't get don't me started. Not again, I can't go through it. But Ville, yeah, is French. Mm. Yeah. Cruella de Ville. Colville's, therefore, my ancestors came over and raped and pillaged their way through the UK with William the Conqueror. Yeah, see, see. Cause, well, there's a, there is a fact in there. If you go back far enough, we're all the... But no, going back to what you were saying about... Um, uh, yeah, that, that's, where we came from. that's where it all came from. I think that's the biggest stumbling block with the sheep industry is the fact you eat lamb but you don't yeah. eat calf. So when people, when you say eat lamb, the perception yeah. is a baby lamb, but yeah. the marketing know-how to be able to change it now after centuries, to be able to say, no, no, you're not eating lamb now, you're eating, fucking just make a word up. It's, it's never going to happen. No, it's and, too late. It's too late. I, I, I agree. It's completely too late. And also the fact that lambs are born at Easter yeah. And you eat lamb at Easter, yeah. like that's yeah. that. Oh, like, yeah, that's, that's bonkers, every child it? now links that lamb of legs studded with garlic and rosemary with that cute little thing that nanny takes them to see in the field. Yeah, they're gonna it's, think that from such an early age that well, it's almost, as though, it's almost as though agriculture isn't very good at marketing. No, I, I, I know it's hard to believe, but maybe I don't, I don't get that. I, I, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right, you know. Anyway, agriculture is fantastic in marketing. Look at the work that AHDB and HCC do. Every single Royal Welsh show, and I'm sure it's the same in England, local shows, they're always there telling us farmers how wonderful lamb and beef are, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They're always there preaching to the converted, and you know, that's the target audience, isn't it? Do you know, what, <laughs> do you know why they're preaching to us? Because we're the ones that pay them, so they need to prove to us that they're actually doing something. Anyway, without getting too political, we, we'll get to Little Farm Fridge and what you're doing now. But what fascinates me is, like, you and Chris had very little, you know, am I right in saying you had no farming background whatsoever? I didn't. Um, yeah. So, like, Chris grew up, Chris's dad was a farmer, but he died when Chris was, like, 12 or yeah. something. So he didn't, he wasn't remotely not just not in farming but not in like that kind of circles world anything yeah like, I mean, he used to wear like um do you remember like like not farming brands at all like imagine the opposite of farming brands that's what clothes chris wore 
and it kind of neither of us and then there was me like the my childhood dream and kind of even now sometimes a little bit is that I was desperate to find abandoned puppies on the side of the road so that I could take them in and rear them as my own like that was like my childhood dream and I never in a million years obviously thought that would happen my mum and dad never let me get a dog or any like I never had any pets like Indy my dog now is my first ever dog is that your long-eared collie that's my long-eared collie yep um the duchess she is my like my first ever like everyone remembers their first relationship with their dog but like I was like late 20s when I had my first dog and so genuinely now I am living like my childhood dream like you know you've got like the animals that die and you've been head to toe and shit continually and all of those things but it's literally like I had you know earlier in the year I had a pygmy goat that thought I was my mum and I used to carry around in my pocket like what child doesn't dream of that yeah really so yeah we are we are at that stage now um I had no experience and but that's that's what fascinates that's what fascinates me so can you can you just paint the picture of yeah. Two individuals with <laughs> none and very strenuous yeah. links to agriculture. Okay. Both with jobs <laughs> in London. So like the equivalent would mean me and Jacob going, right, fuck this. Jake, me and you tomorrow, we're going to go to Inverness and we're going to become barristers. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah, that yeah. sort of... It, so it is paint, different. Paint the picture and people get obsessed with that as well. Like I have a lot of people that I chat to online and they cannot get past the point of, in my video, I've got my, I'm like, I'm elbow deep in a sheep rearranging a lamb to bring it into this world. But then, uh, you know, two days before, I, I did a throwback to me at the L'Oreal Colour Trophy, which is like yeah. a hair event. Like, people are, like, not obsessed. That sounds, like, really up my own arsehole. But, like, no, they, I'm can't, they can't I'm get it. Like, they mm-hmm. cannot get it. I don't understand it. And whether it's, whether it's because in agriculture, we're all in our boxes. Don't you dare leave that box. You are a dairy farmer. You know, don't diversify. You are... Jake, do you know what I'm trying to get up here? It's, it's almost because, and especially in like certain pockets, like in Wales, for example, it's traditionally ev- just about everyone is from a family farm. There's not many, there's no, not many estates in Wales. There's not many opportunities for new entrants. So everything is very much, well, my dad done that and his dad done that before him so we, we we can't change from doing that we've got to keep doing that and my son's going to do that or my daughter's going to do that and yeah i i didn't mean it like yeah. that I was, i'm trying to be <laughs> but there is again that's that's part of the mentality isn't it that really i'm going to start burning my bra don't worry i'm not going to start burning my bra god i <laughs> doing your gym knickers instead but um <laughs> <laughs> No, but you see what I mean. Like it's it's very. Yeah, no, I do understand. Of course, I understand it. But as I was saying before, like we've just kind of rolled with it. So then, looking back, like I don't know, it's just very strange. But like, okay, so yeah, paint that picture. You, you two, you two. Chris rang me at the salon and said, "Babe, I've bought thirty-two in lamb ewes. They're going to lamb in a couple of months." So at this point, I am. I've just done a beautiful balayage on a mum of three who has discussed with me the fact she's going to Dubai next week. And currently, during the balayage appointment, 
the guy that washes cars in our car park brings her the keys to her brand new like like Range Rover, whatever it was. Yeah. So that's very much me. I've got fake nails on. Um headwise, I still look exactly the same, probably. Yeah, I probably look the same. I've just got like drawn my eyebrows on. Um, I'm probably in a high heel boot or some kind. And I'm sitting, I've just had a fag out the back because that's what you have for lunch as a hairdresser. And I get this call from Chris saying, I've just bought these sheep. And I I felt I felt nothing. It's probably the only way to just like people want me to be like, oh, my knight in shining shining armor, like I get to live this dream life. But actually I was a bit like, Well, that's What's his thing, isn't it? He goes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, goes, he goes shooting at the weekend and I'm not part of that. He just bought these sheep and I'm not really part of that. Genuinely, like I know people really want me to be like um, oh god and then my life changed and I saw these sheep and I knew it was my future but I literally weren't bothered I couldn't care less that he bought sheep like his thing was shooting with the dog at the weekends my thing was brunch with the girls at the weekends and I, I didn't really think any further than that um, I remember one obviously I remember a lot but I just remember one so I used to start I used to do like a 12 till nine shift in the salon and Chris had gone to check the sheep, which believe it or not, I didn't even used to go with him to check the sheep. Like I know everyone wants it to be this like romantic fairy tale where I found myself, but it really weren't that, that it, that didn't happen like that. Anyway, I started the salon at 12. So I was probably like curling my hair or something. And Chris rang me and said, right, babe, I need you to go to Lillico's. And I need you to buy me some iodine. And I was like, what the fuck? He was like, don't ask questions. Just go to Lilico's. You'll find the address online and get me some iodine. Like, I've got my hands full. And I just thought, okay, like, whatever. So I Googled Lilico's, went there, and it was like a farm, like an agricultural shop. Like, it is an agricultural shop. But at the time, my brain was like, it's like a pet food shop. Like, I couldn't understand why I was going to a pet food shop to ask for iodine. Yeah. And like you boys are probably like, well, obviously he needed iodine for the umbilical cord. Like that's obviously the first thing you thought. But for me, like iodine was what they used to do it using the war when there used to be like gunfights. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't connect that. Yeah. Um, anyway, I went to Lilico's, I went to the desk and the guy that I spoke to, I actually get on really well with now. So it must be mental for him to like see me come in for like calf milk powder and overalls. But anyway, I went in and I was like, look, please don't take the piss out of me, but I need some iodine. And he was like, yeah, sure, it's just here, here. And I just thought, okay, this is strange. Got this bottle of iodine. Couldn't believe how expensive it is, which still now can't believe how expensive it is for iodine. Um, and then Chris was like, right, he sent me the coordinates on WhatsApp of where he was, like, you know, when you drop your pin on Google. And I was like, okay, this, again, is very strange. And I dropped him this iodine. He was like, I've got a surprise for you. And we had to walk all the way across the field. I was probably, well, I know I was, in my work outfit. So, like, I'm in probably, like, a little black off-the-shoulder dress, probably a leather jacket, tights, like a hairdresser. And I'm tottering across the field with this bottle of iodine. And then Chris was like, okay, look over there. And there was a little lamb. And I was like, oh, cute. Oh, oh. And he was like, yeah, we've got to spray its cord. And I was like, sorry, spray its what? Like, I just didn't. I couldn't fathom what yeah. was happening. Yeah. Like I couldn't, 
like I couldn't get excited about it because actually I didn't know what was in store. Like now, lambing is the highlight of my entire year. But at that point, I was a bit like, yeah, cool. Like I just didn't, I, I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm going to be a shepherdess and I'm going to be really cool. Like, no, I just didn't really get it. Um, anyway, that happened. And he did that whole lambing by himself because obviously I was in the salon. Um, and I actually don't remember... I don't really remember much. Like I remember a few weekends or like not even weekends, like Sundays going to look at the lambs or whatever. Um, I remember the first time we had a dead lamb, Chris carried it down the hill by its leg and I couldn't even look at it. Like the only dead thing I'd ever seen was like roadkill. Like I'd never seen a dead animal. Whereas when Chris was a kid, obviously they had a dead hole where the dead animals went. Yeah. yeah. I'd never seen a dead animal. So for him carrying it by the leg, I was like mortified. Um, I guess it's quite hard. Like, like for you guys, it's kind of animals die and it's a way of the world. Whereas for me, if animal dies, it's your pet cat and they're buried in the garden. Yeah. Very different relationship. Anyway, so that happened, um, and we had. You're probably going to have to cut so much of this because I'm waffling, but I need to get it get it all out, otherwise I lose my train of thought. This is great. It's, then, normally, it's normally me waffling. Right. This is great. Oh, I remember I was a hairdresser, so I'm quite good at talking. <laughs> Especially if you get like a proper awkward client as well that just doesn't talk. You've just got to sort it out. I no, you would be one of those clients. Honestly, right? I. Oh, sorry to interrupt, but I have got. I think it's a great business plan to open a salon where you pay double, but you don't have to talk. I would pay double. I would pay I, double. Chris's best friend was called Jimmy, and he was exactly like that. Like, he would have probably paid triple. Yeah. He hated that whole, even, like, looking in the mirror. What, the, the, I, classic, the classic lines of, so you're going on holidays this year? You're going on holidays. You're going on holidays. I've genuinely thought of that. We're going to call them Hush Hush. You know, it'll be... It'll yep, be a, yep, a nationwide, nice. nationwide brand, hush hush, and you you go in and you just sit there. They sit down, they cut your hair, you give them double. The there is no rate. mirror as well, no mirror, because a lot of people. Oh, when you first mirror. learn to be a hairdresser, there's a few things that they'll kind of teach you. Like I've gone off subject here, but this is for your business plan. Hang on, let, like, me, let me let me write down where we left off. <laughs> yeah, right. So like, there's a lot of people that feel very uncomfortable talking to you through a mirror yeah it's no, like you're, you're actually given training on speaking to someone through a mirror which is quite interesting really um i i think the worst thing about a mirror when you're sat there is do you know if like you've got a slight spot maybe coming through all you do is intensely stare yeah, like at the spot and go like that's getting bigger or that one ginger hair in your beard yeah. as well yeah or you, or you just look at yourself with self-loathing and think, God, you're ugly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, you don't. Try being a girl. So you have your hair down and gorgeous all the time. And then you come back with a towel with your hair scraped off your face. And then you've got to look in the mirror like a drowned rat. That's oh. way worse. Oh, God. Anyway. So, yeah, my first lambing was pretty much Chris did it all and I weren't involved at all. Except I have a a fear of throwing up and being unwell. I've had this my entire life. Like it's plagued me and it, it's ruined 
my life in a lot of ways. Anyway, I remember distinctly, I come back from the salon and Chris's mum, like as you walk into the house, there's a dining room. Chris's mum was sitting there with a towel, with a lamb in, like keeping it warm. And they'd built like a playpen thing with another few lambs in there. Um, Indy was in there in the playpen as well. And Chris was in there with like heat lamps and blankets. And I was like, walked in, I just thought, what the fuck? And I thought, oh my God, they're going to let me hold a lamb. And I remember so vividly thinking, I'm going to get to hold a lamb. Like, this is it. I'm going to get to hold one. And like, it's going to be my baby to look after kind of thing, which is what was my dream as a child. And then either him or his mum said, oh, yeah, I think they're all suffering from watery mouth. We've already lost one. And I remember thinking, watery mouth? What the hell's watery mouth? And Chris was like, yeah, it's a form of E. coli. And as soon as he said E. coli, my brain, like, to people that don't suffer from these kind of, like, phobias and stuff, it would be, like, what a weirdo. But for me, I just thought, oh, my God. And... I was sent into a a complete spiral of panic that I was going to catch E. coli off these lambs and I was going to be like my worst. So try and imagine your worst fear in life throwing up or your worst fear being unwell. And then you've then got this buzzword that you're so frightened of in your home. Um, I'm probably going to sound a bit like a nutter here, but I know that from speaking to people online, I know that a lot of people suffer from it. And like, I just, this this thing that was meant to be so gorgeous that I was going to get to bottle feed this lamb turned into actually something that I was almost a bit like phobic of, yeah. which sounds so stupid because now like my best like my best thing is having bottle lambs and I don't want to blow my own trumpet trumpet but it's something that I I thrive at is looking after the underdogs and making things survive so it's quite weird to see the change but. That was my, like, yeah, my first lambing was basically a shit show of me for not caring or having a panic attack that I was going to catch E. coli. Like, yeah. Do you know what, though? That's so, so refreshing to hear that it wasn't all, you know, fairy tales and, you know, and honey and lemon or honey and roses, sorry, honey and lemon, (laughs) honey and roses. You know, it it was, it's just nice to know that. Yeah, it weren't weren't like that. It wasn't picture perfect. what the hell have I done here? Like there's a bird with drawn on eyebrows, like trying to climb a fence, like completely. <laughs> but, like that's things people don't realize. Like you boys would know how to climb over a barbed wire fence. Like that's your, that would be like instinct. Yeah. Yeah. Chris had to teach me how to climb a fence. Like yeah. it's silly things like that. And um, I'm trying to think of like other, other examples. Like, so you would have watched your Sorry. parents. Sorry, you go. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to ask you, you know, about how quickly you had to pick it up. Because what really impressed me, so just, just to clarify, how many years would it be between you, as you were, you said, drawn on eyebrows, didn't know what watery mouth was? How many years ago would that be? That was six years ago. Because, like, by following you, the terminologies you use and, like, the in-depth, like, analysis and this shit you know basically as an like i know yeah, you have, no choice. Yeah, you have yeah. no choice to learn it because things fucking die like you yeah, pick I, it up I, or they die yeah but i've known people 
who have worked on sheep farms for 20 years and don't know it. Here's a really, really good example. I've watched a video of you skinning a lamb and I know people have been brought up on farms and still don't know how to skin a lamb and still can't skin a lamb because it goes through them and they think it's horrible and they think it's disgusting. Yet these are Who's fully fledged. Do I don't do it, babe? Who's yeah, no, exactly. Do Exactly. But how, how good is that, that you've got over that mindset and coming from your background as well, it just goes to show that if anyone wants to, they can do it, isn't it? You know, you just yeah. got to get through that mindset, haven't you? I am. I honestly, I, that is one of the things I'm most passionate about is that a lot of people will, will message me and they'll say, oh, you, you and Chris really inspire me. I, I, I really want to do it, but I'm scared. And without sounding like a complete bitch, I just think, yeah, but I was in, I was in the same position as you. Like I was shitting myself, but when you're faced with you either do it or something dies, like you just have to pull it out of the bag. It's the only way to describe it. Like you've got to dig deep. And something interesting for me is like, so that was, that was the first lambing that was just weren't really interested. But the second, the was it the second year the second year that we lambed um i took two weeks off the salon so in the october chris bought me some herdwicks for my birthday probably the biggest mistake he's ever ever made and bought me some herdwicks for my birthday because um i just liked him because they're pretty probably the only reason anyone ever has herdwicks ever um and he bought me some and so then obviously they saw the ram and so then I wanted to see them lamb. Like that's, I didn't really care about any of the other sheep lambing, but I wanted to see my first ever lambs because they were like mine kind of thing. Mm. And I took two weeks off the salon um, to lamb and the weather was stunning, like absolutely stunning. Got a banging tan. It was just really good. And that was the first time that I had to step up and do stuff because we were lambing quite a lot. I, I couldn't, Chris would probably know like the ear tags of the sheep we were lambing. But for me, we were just lambing quite a lot. And we were doing um, things, I, I was doing things that I never thought I'd do before. Like even things like bringing a sheep to the floor to help her lamb yeah. or catching a sheep. Like, for me, I didn't know how to interact, like interact. I didn't know that they liked running along fed, fence lines. Yeah. Um, didn't you twist their head and pull them to the floor? Like I didn't know those things. So for me, I had to learn, and I had like a two-week masterclass of basically lambs die. You know, we had one that I managed to pull out, but its umbilical cord ruptured, and Chris had to put it. You know, had to kill it. Had you know, we rang the vet, and they were like, "Yeah, there's no chance. Like dispatch it, kind of thing." All these like huge life lessons all came in two weeks. And at the end of it, I was a bit like, I kind of feel like I want to do this with you. Like, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a farmer, but I was excited at the prospect of every day being different because in hairdressing, like, I could see nine or 10 clients in one day with hairdressing. And you have an hour with this one, and you have 45 minutes with this one, and then you have a 15 minute break. And like, everything like six weeks in advance is planned to an inch of its life yeah. whereas i had this two weeks where i couldn't even plan the next five minutes yeah and something quite exciting about that for me 
anyway, this is going to turn a little bit sad here, but don't worry, it's got a happy ending because we're here. Um, so two weeks passed, lambing, 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 crazy, having the time of my life. And then the day that I went back to the salon, I was in the middle of cutting someone's hair. My mum rang me, um, rang the salon and said, look, your dad's in intensive care. Um, you need to come to the hospital. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. So I went to the hospital. Um, long, well, might as well tell you. So my dad, his organs were failing. Even though I had a really strong like phobia of throwing up and being unwell, I wasn't anxious or nervous the, the whole time he was unwell. He came out of intensive care. Turns out that he was riddled with cancer. And basically from the, that, that day I went back to the salon to five weeks later, he, he died at home. And I'd gone from like a really happy family unit and two weeks of having like the most fucking incredible time lambing to, whoa, okay, I now have one parent and... I don't think I can put on a show at the salon anymore. So it basically was like the biggest wake up call to actually you need to farm full time now because the sheep don't care if you are, you know, don't want to put on makeup because you're grieving or, you know, you don't want to talk today or you want to listen to your dad's favorite song on repeat all day. Like the animals didn't care about that. Whereas your clients, I didn't want my clients to have any less of a service than when I had two parents. So basically, I quit the salon. And however many years down the line, I now definitely couldn't go back. And that is it. Oh, uh, that's, yeah. I, I, well, sorry, sorry, Jake. Go on. No, I was just going to oh. say, I guess it goes to show your character, really, that, you know, your reaction to that adversity, you know, was sort of, have set you on your goals and set you on your path path that you you want to go down and i suppose it's really made you realize what you want and you just grasped it the only way i got into farming is humans answer humans answer back and judge you whereas yeah. animals don't so i chose the option that weren't going to judge me for being like pretty cut up about the fact that i'd lost a parent so it wasn't like yeah it was just the 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 the, the easiest option. Yeah, and that's like, probably a fair way to say it. It was. I I always I always have to explain. I was the only farmer in my school, and I always have to explain to these boys who've gone on to be barristers and are living in cities and are, you know making an absolute mint. And I say, yeah, it's a lot of work, and it's not very nice work, and we don't make an awful lot of much money. But what we do get is an incredible quality of life, and we get to live in the most beautiful parts of the country. You know, so you, you you take the negatives because the positives are so much, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're so much more rewarding than, you know, you put them... But I'm you... such a people person. This is what, this is a going back to why people can't fathom the change because I dealt with the girls that I worked with, my boss, all the clients, every single day, I've gone from that to literally only dealing with Chris. Yeah. But do you, do you like think... That's that quite huge. It, it is massive, but your people, person, skills, you put that towards Instagram now and giving the industry a voice. So effectively, exactly. you've gone from dealing with, I don't know, say 15, 20 people a day that were coming through the hairdressers, maybe more, whatever, to dealing with 
tens of thousands of people now on an Instagram page sharing with them your daily life yeah. in a bigger way. You really. know why I started the page, don't you? No, don't know. We know why Chris started his, but we don't oh, know. Okay, so, um, so the reason why it's called the Chief Shepherdess is, well, I'll, just, I'll start from the beginning. Basically, I thought when I became a not even became a farmer when I quit hairdressing I thought people would find it absolutely hilarious to see me doing things that were crazy but actually the things that I was doing which were crazy were actually things that I do every net like every day now without even thinking about it so like I wanted my clients to see I don't know me climbing a fence all these yeah. things that I was really shit at, yeah. I oh, wanted... Oh, my God, is that though? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I wanted, you know, um, Michelle, who I did her roots every six weeks, I wanted her to see me making a tit of myself because I thought it would bring people joy to see me being funny. Yeah. And I thought I owed it to them to almost, like... Um prove that i hadn't just ditched them and i was leaving them to to do something that meant a lot yeah um and it was very strange anyway i i started having a little look online on instagram so before i was following like i don't know big brother stars and models and god knows what and then i started following a few girls that were doing men for want of a better word they were doing men's jobs so we had like women that were in farming um women fishermen women in america that were maybe ranchers things like that and i started following a few of them and i just thought i'm doing the same as them yeah so why don't i just have a go and i was thinking of a name because you have to write in a name don't you when you start a new instant instagram yeah. account and chris always called me the chief shepherdess because we had like really wild use at the time like we had some soas and god knows what and like if we were trying to catch them in and like they'd just be going crazy and running away it'd be like go on then chief shepherdess go fetch them in go on then go on <laughs> and like to basically just take the mick out like anyone that's listened to his podcast he just takes the mick all the time and yeah, so I thought, fuck it, I'll just call it Chief Shepherdess. Like, it's going to be a joke anyway, because it's going to be me acting the fool. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it just got a little bit out of hand. And <laughs> yeah, it's still called the Chief Shepherdess. But now I actually, now I post, and sometimes I know what I'm on about when I post. I think, do people think I'm really up my own arsehole? Like, I actually think I am the chief. Like, I think yeah. that quite often now. Yeah. Which I just hope they do but um yeah so that's it really i never thought it would like so i've had abuse before for bit for being a bad ambassador for the farming industry but i never in a million years would ever dream of thinking that i was ambassador for anything yeah. let alone the farming industry like i'm a hairdresser no oh, to, okay. to me genuinely i don't even see myself as like a fully fledged farmer yeah. Like, I'm not being down on myself. Like, I know I'm very, very good at what I do on the farm with Chris, but... What is a bad ambassador? Because as long as you're telling the truth, I don't think 
the problem is the way to describe it in kind of layman's terms is if farming was a brand yeah which i hire you yeah that's how things are nowadays like maybe but i'd like to think so because the first and foremost no matter what happens it's the livestock comes first and surely that is every single thing we do is for the livestock's benefit and the livestock comes before like we've got other businesses and setups on the farm but they might be more profitable than the livestock with us but if a job needs doing with the livestock that job gets done first even if that's not what's making us the money yeah and surely you know that's how you know both of you see it that's how chris and i see it it was something you mentioned earlier about like say you went into carpentry and you messed up with carpentry well that bit of wood hasn't got a pulse you know that bit of wood that you've messed up on isn't going to keel over and die this this is an absolutely different intrinsic value in what you're looking after it's you know it looks at you it calls for you it's this it's something you know sincere in it but i think going back to being a master as long as you look after them and do what you possibly can oh, then can... you are a master if who cares what you post online as long as what you've done in your real life has had so say for example i was met with a situation say for example i was met with a situation where i had um i don't know a dog attack mm. yeah mm, first yeah. and foremost i would concentrate on the animal that's been attacked the dog all my other animals making sure that they're safe that yeah. would be your main priority then if you thought if i thought for example actually there's a lesson to be learned here on my social media i might then you know take probably a very emotive video yeah and then i would share it i don't see how that is any different from you know a model taking a video of you know an emotional video of her doing x y and z doesn't mean she's an ambassador for the model industry does it no. it just means she's being herself so me taking that video and choosing to post a video of a sheep mauled to death is my personal uh, that's my um that was my choice that wasn't me representing the farming industry does yeah. that make sense it makes sense and the best way to put it in my opinion the way i see it is there's a difference between an ambassador and an actor an ambassador is someone that's true to themselves an actor is someone that's portraying something they're not. And I think there's sometimes there's a fine balance between the two with people getting them mixed up. Well, an ambassador is being true to what you do and what you believe in. And yeah, but ambassador now is something that you get paid for. Yeah, that's yeah. Different. yeah. They're using a word that should be very pure and natural. They're using it for something that you now get paid for. But yeah. I'd I'd hold you and Chris in a separate substract as well, like not not in terms of ambassadors for agriculture, in terms of new entrants. Like agriculture is dying out for people to be able to get into it. Like new blood with it's full of generational farming that is just stuck in its roots and isn't willing to adapt. Whereas someone like you two, like like you said about something that struck me earlier when you're talking about you you said about the cost of iodine. Well. As a farmer's son, I just go buy iodine and, and it, you know, the, the farm pays for it. Like, I, I, 
Whereas someone like you who isn't coming from a farming background, you've seen, you go, God, is that how much that cost? And you might actually weigh up the value of, should we iodine these novels? You know, whereas as a pharmacist, like I've got this construct of, well, I need iodine. And then it is, I don't even, you know, I'm stuck in my ways is what I'm trying to say. So you yeah. two, you two are not only ambassadors to, it's to prove to people you can do it. You know, it's not impossible. But that's what I feel like that, like without even meaning to do it, that's what the the, pa the page, the, and that is what has become, like the Chief Shepherdess now has become a page that basically says, actually, if you want to be some prissy little um, girl with bleach blonde hair tottering around a salon and actually now you want to, I don't know, whack a prolapse back in, then you can. That's yeah. what I feel like it's become. And I'm quite, you know, there's there's not like huge things in my life that I've been proud of, but I'm proud, quite proud of some of the messages I've received from mainly girls, like 89% of my people on my page are girls. Mm. But I'm quite proud of the fact that some of them are like watching you do what you do has made me think that actually I might be able to have a go. And that's something, you know, there's... I'm not really the type of person to say, oh, my God, I'm so proud. But that there's a few women, it does happen to be women, that have messaged me and I thought, actually, no, from me just showing my day-to-day -day life, I've actually kind of set an example for what they can do if they want to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope yeah. that hasn't come across arrogant. I don't want that no, to come across arrogant. Don't, but don't, don't, that hasn't come across don't, don't, even, don't even be shy if you think it's arrogant because, like, you you you're saying then that uh, you, you're proud that you've like me and Jake like like obviously it's a fair bit of work the podcast like it's you know it's it is a fair bit of work. Oh. But when you I get, mean it's like 10, ten to nine and you're chatting to some random bird online. Yeah, but when you get that message that says, "Oh my god, this week's blah blah,", blah yeah, yeah, well that's what makes it worthwhile doing. You know, it, it's, it's, it's you shouldn't even be coy about people appreciate what you do because it's. You know, it's worth doing if sometimes this is the weird thing. So, even however many years down the line, when I'm posting on the page and stuff, it doesn't feel like I'm doing anything, it just feels like I'm documenting stuff. Yeah. So, like, you know, people talk about creating content, you know, that everything's about the content, and yeah. everyone gets so fixed on this thing, but actually, I'm not creating any content, I'm just documenting the shit that Chris and I get up to. So it doesn't really feel like any work because it's all that we've, it's all that I've ever done on the page. Can I, can I ask a boring question? Oh, oh have you got something, Jake? Oh, just, just before we went off that now, I was just going to mention then, you say like 89% of your followers are women and you get some lovely messages and stuff. Just before you came on the podcast, um, I, we were on here, me and Di talking, and I'm in the farm office, and my mother came in, and my mother's on Instagram. She came in to do some printing in here. Didn't she, Di? And what did she say? She said, oh, who have you got on tonight? And we said, Zoe, the chief shepherdess. And my mother said, oh, I know Zoe. I've messaged Zoe. So my oh, mother no. has messaged you on Instagram. Oh, she's lovely. So, Who's your mom? Who's your mom? Uh, Emma's my mother. I don't even know where Instagram is. I'll have to have a look because I don't oh, follow her. I do. I but, do. Um, it's tickled Delilah. <laughs> but um yeah but i'm just going to say that so you obviously take time to message individuals as well because straight away every single message yeah well that's that's incredible because message. 
And Chris, so like, he obviously started his page as a joke. And every night it's like, oh, God, look how many DMs I've got. And I just think to myself, like, what is wrong with you? These people, are they're taking time out of their day to yeah. send you a message. So when I post a story, I've opened that conversation. Yeah. I've opened that conversation. If yeah. someone then replies to me, I'm obviously going to reply back to them. Otherwise, it's rude as fuck. Oh, yeah. We, 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 me and Jake say if anyone ever wants to speak to us, just message Instagram. You will always, I can guarantee on my heart, you will always get a reply. Yeah. But, um, you, and you've got like 3 million followers now, haven't you? Well, that's the problem. I've got millions, millions of subscribers on Spotify actually the other week. Um, we were in the top two um, most listened to podcasts at the end of year 2021, end of year podcast listens on Spotify globally. So, you know, we are taking off, aren't we, though? You actually were in mine, though. <laughs> <laughs> can I ask, sorry, sorry, sorry to really bring this up, but can I ask a really boring question? Yeah, go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, go. there'll be a lot of people listening who, you know, are new entrants and are trying to start out and all this way. What interests me is, I, I mentioned earlier how you've gone from a complete novice to just listening, just what you say and what you write on Instagram. It's very scientific. It's very, like, in-depth and it's very thorough. Like, what do you use to learn, like, Obviously, you, you can learn practical things by following Chris and you can hear what other people say. But I, I, I get that, like, when you talk, you, the way you talk about rotational grazing and brassicas and things like that, that that's like a deeper understanding. Like, do you want to know the truth? Go on. I earwig at the market. Yeah. So when we went to the market, like, Chris and I wouldn't be by market. I mean, like, you call it the mart, don't you? You call it the mart? Mark, market market okay so chris and i wouldn't be like glued at the hip parading round. like i had no problem with being by myself and i would literally sit with a baguette basically at on the seats or stand at the back of the pens and i would just earwig on everyone oh, that's and that's how i learned that's how i learned the breeds of sheep that's how i learned the terminology that's how i learned everything by not everything, but a lot of things just by earwigging. And for a long time, I, I knew it, but I would never say it out loud because I didn't want people to think she doesn't know what she's on about by using them words. And then slowly I kind of added it into my everyday vocab. And then, yeah, and also eavesdropping on Chris's phone conversations as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he's, talking, he's talking to like other farmers and that. And you don't, you kind of like pick it up, but like for years and years, I would never say things like um, I, I don't I can't even think of an example now. But like I would never use, uh, for example, tag. Do you say tag or do you, no? It's like, not. It's like, not a local terminology. We know what tag is, but it's not a local. Tag would be like a hoggy, and like I would never dream of saying tag. Like, because I, I was so self-conscious that people would think, why is a hairdresser pretending like she knows what she's on about? But whereas I knew what it meant from a long time before I started voicing it. Whereas now on my page, I feel like I, I feel comfortable using those words. Yeah. But yeah, eavesdropping, listening in on other people's conversations is how I probably learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. 
this this might... will go straight over your head, but this is for me and Jake. The worst thing I've ever seen in a market, Jake, because you know. Oh yeah. Well, we always take our calves to Ragl- um to um Whitland. Whitland. But one week yeah. we had a load of old ewes going to Raglan on the Wednesday, so we thought, oh, save a trip, just chuck a calf in with them. So we, we took a calf to Raglan on the air occasion. So it went in the ring and was stood by the ring with her boyfriend with his arms around her and his head on her shoulder. Like, and they, they did the entire sale with them too, like that. Really? Yeah. I bet you were sick in your mouth. I was sick, man. If she's going for a piss, I'm going for one too. Oh! He's quiet, like an angel's wife, with eyes. Like an angel's eye And a smile Like a kind of pearl To my mind She's my kind of girl You and I did, yeah. I was just left here all by myself. Oh, cute. I should have held on and waited. We could have all gone the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um, I think it's one of them things. Like for me, there was a long time that I went to the market, and I felt like everyone—not everyone was staring at me—but I was very aware that I didn't look like anyone else there oh i said i'm just leading on from what you said about this couple snuggling up um and i felt like i needed to kind of almost like earn my place there yeah i mean so i felt like being stuck to chris like shit wouldn't do me any favors so i made friends with so many old boys in the market and in five seconds, not five seconds, but like five minutes with these old boys, I found out more about them than Chris had in years that he'd been going to the market. Yeah. That's the hairdresser chat's coming out, didn't you? Hairdresser. <laughs> so like, I'd say to Chris, oh, yeah, yeah, you know so-and-so with the, I don't know, 30, 30 Romney lambs that blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. 
and his wife that's blah 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 and Chris would be like how the fuck do you know that he's a grumpy old bastard (laughs) (laughs) I'd say oh he met his wife in so and so and blah 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 and he'd be like how do you know that I won't know the guy's name I won't know anything else but I know that you know his missus wears a certain perfume or something stupid like that but (laughs) it's a different dynamic it's just a different dynamic and I when so when my first when my dad was in hospital I used to go to the market with Chris a little bit to kind of just get me out yeah in a world that wasn't the hospital um and I came to the market quite a few times when he was in hospital and I absolutely loved the fact that I was completely thrown out of my comfort zone like I I loved the fact that I don't know it was just it was just so it's such a weird unless you've been to a livestock market it's so diff it's difficult to explain it isn't it yeah yeah 100% 100% people wouldn't get it unless they've been wouldn't get it I hate markets do you know why do you, I hate, do you know why I hate why farmers do you hate market? it why do you hate it do you know why I hate farmers markets why because it's full of farmers and they're <laughs> fucking awful <laughs> they are fucking awful see I can't like so for me, I quite like the market because when when I'm there, I feel like it's very obviously in the past, but I feel like there's a buzz there that mimics the salon somewhat. But do 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 you appreciate how interesting you must be? Like me, me and Jake would go to a market and we say me and Jake went to a market. We'd talk to 25 individual people and all of them would want to talk about cows or sheep on grass. That's all they'd want to talk about. Whereas we might bump into you and you might talk about working for fucking Selfridges in the centre of London and going on the tube. In, do you remember how interesting you are? Well, yeah. But I think they're more interested in making the same joke like if i'm wearing shorts yeah. like i don't wear ones where my ass you know my ass cheeks hanging out like i'll just wear like regular length I, shorts. I, I uh, those. Oh, jake jake we won't bother go, i thought we we won't bother going to market she doesn't wear the ones with the ass out we, yeah, we won't bother we sorry don't. sorry that's why you don't go in it i take lambs to ashford next week <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> length shorts if these so say i'm in the queue to get a coffee or i don't know bacon baguette whatever i'm getting in the cafe and i'm in denim shorts they'll all make the same comment of oh chris really is hard up he couldn't afford to get you a pair of jeans but i'm not offended by that all i think is oh you poor bastard like you haven't had a conversation with a young girl and you yeah. feel uncomfortable so you've reverted back to the only comment you think was funny once that's how i see it i, I tell you what though i don't particularly like markets the same as die not for that reason i just find it it takes for us, we got to drive like an hour to get to a market. And it's just a day gone. By the time you get up there, you talk and you come back. But this is so important because if that bloke didn't have that conversation, we might not speak to anyone. Yeah. I was being quite flippant when I said what I said earlier. The um, uh, Obviously, bef- this was 
it was such a shame that COVID came because it, uh, sorry, I'll, I'll drink. Cheers. Uh, we're all, we've all got a drink when they say it's COVID. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, it was such a shame that the uh, the awful thing came along because I remember um, Rabbi had a wonderful uh, scheme just before it, and it was incentivizing every farmer to go to market at least once a month whether you had stock or not just to get that mm -hmm. social interaction like yeah. you know you know how depression and suicide is so prevalent it's just getting people who might be isolated getting people who might be you know alone forcing them like you say if, even if it takes a corny joke to some woman in the queue getting them out the door and getting them into a market and you know what like i know person i don't know whether you you want to put this in or not but i know that there are so many um activists out there that are going so crazy about how farming is such a male dominated world and they're derogatory to women all that kind of thing but i've come from an industry where there are primarily women and any male hairdresser is gay. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I've come from an industry where everyone's a girl and we all just get on really well and we yeah. gossip about celebs. But if a man's a hairdresser, then he's gay. Yeah. And I've come from that world to a world where actually if you're a woman, you're a farmer's wife and you do the paperwork and you raise the bottle mm -hmm. lambs. And you've got short hair. And you got short hair. <laughs> yeah. But that's the stereotype. You know I mean? like, so for me, I know there's so many women fighting for equal rights in farming and things like that, but I feel like there are so many battles in life to fight. It's not one that I want. I don't want to. I Just by being a woman with a pair of, well, debatable, but with a pair of tits, and being a woman in farming, I feel like that it speaks volumes. Like I don't need to harp on about the inequality because just the fact that I'm here is enough. Yeah. Personally. And the oh. fact that I go, to, I go to market and I dare wear a pair of shorts, I don't need to be pissed off about that because, frankly, they're out of their comfort zone. And if any of them men at that market that you know made a comment about the shorts or whatever if they were put in my hairdressing chair and i put a gown around them i would speak we would have the most brilliant conversation and have that connection within five minutes but because we we're on their turf in a very male orientated world they feel uncomfortable yeah yeah it's not me that feels uncomfortable i think it's them oh yeah no definitely no it's um oh i one last thing on there is go have a listen to Flav's episode. We we talk about diversity in agriculture, and I I personally think agriculture should hang its head in shame. It's it's you know, it but it's not agriculture's fault. No, it it's. I agree. It, 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 we talk about you know I think we should hang our head in shame in terms of there's not enough representation of women of people of color of ethnic minorities, but it's not agriculture's fault. We are stuck in a systemic system in which we are generationally farming. So unless yeah. you are the son of a farmer, you mm -hmm. are very unlikely to be able to farm. So what is going to yeah. happen? The sons of farmers are going to farm. So you're going to stick in the same DNA pool. You're going to stick in the same pockets of civilization. And you're not going to broaden your horizons. It's, right. it's, it's, and the, prob the biggest problem is it's 
an incredibly hard nut to, uh, nut to crack without blowing open things like inheritance tax, blowing open things like, you know, single fund payment. It's, it's massive. It's way above our heads. Oh, very wise beyond your time. You know, <laughs> it might be the lukewarm Guinness, but you're very wise beyond your time. Yeah, I just pulled my, I just pulled my, I've just pulled my seventh, so it might be it might be that talk in yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, pulled. No. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> Jesus, how are you? How's it going, mate? We've been asking for you this whole time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's warming up my feet for me. Uh, oh, how are we doing, all right? Yeah, it's well. Yeah, you, got high- sing, you got your high looks yet? No, I haven't, no. Oh, no. Them bloody Japanese <laughs> bastards. <laughs> yeah, I know. Cute, isn't it? Cute anniversary. <laughs> um, no, the high looks thing's not really working out for me. It's the it's the Japs. They're bitter. They're bitter. Yeah, it's not. It's the it's the bloke who um, the head of Lexus Toyota in the UK fucking hates me. <laughs> oh, you actually gone that far? Yeah. Oh yeah. He's, he's been following me for ages, and I just like been messaging him, and that he just fucking hates me. So funny. <laughs> I, I messaged him all the time. I messaged him saying Merry Christmas and a little Christmas tree. Beating <laughs> 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 the fuck out of him. Like. Yeah. Oh, that's class, that is. <laughs> it's funny, like, still having fun with it, but yeah. After, after a quad now instead, didn't you? Yeah, I know. But I've got, yeah, I mean, lower, lower my expectations a bit and I aim low. Honda or Suzuki, I bet they'd be straight on it like a tramp. Uh, no, Japs again. No, you're, you're going to have to fight. Oh, they're still bitter over Hiroshima, aren't they? And it was yeah. nothing. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're doing all right, isn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, isn't it? Well, I, I, we've peaked tonight, I think. Peaked? Hey, I thought you peaked with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you've come back on. That's what we need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, episode peaked at this point. Now you peaked. Yeah, uh, they're loads of cool people, aren't you? AJ, he's class, isn't he? He's a top bloke, isn't he? Yeah, we and, met him in and Flav, life. yeah, Flav, on didn't you? Yeah, he's a good yeah. guy. He's Hell of a bloke, isn't he? I tell you, we have an add-on, and we really need to have him on because they live like twenty minutes away from us. Is Nath and Dav? Because they like we know him, like we know Dav quite well, and we still have an add-on. Oh, yeah. I know you guys. Are friends, she's like my. Dav's got a fucking sick mullet. Well, the boy. Anyway, I better leave you to it. I'm going for a shower. Yeah. Right, nice to see you anyway, mate. And we will try again with our night out in May. Yeah, yeah we'll do something like that. I do. Well, and you can bring your missus now because she's been on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's funnier when I'm not around. No fucking way. He's on there. Leave you here tonight. <laughs> see you later. Bye, mate. Yeah. What interests me about you, though, is honest, obviously because you haven't come from a farm background and you were learning on the job and you haven't to start from nothing, you haven't to adapt. Like a, one little thing that I've noticed is like you farming sheep, you're farming cattle, you're farming goats, you're farming all this livestock, and I'm yet to see a tractor. We don't have one. <gasps> How the hell do you think we would afford? A 20 grand tractor. That's nah, a fair, fair point. Tractors are a massive waste of time, really, aren't yeah. they? Some money. Yeah. You don't, unless, you don't for me, unless you either rent a farm that 
comes with the equipment or you know your mum and dad have the equipment how the hell are you going to afford it you're not going to afford it it's mental you know there's this like massive thing about all these different brands of tractors blah 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 we don't have one so for me i cannot really comment on what team i'm on or what blah 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 because i've never set foot in a tractor mm. Mm. i don't just know say, just say just say so if if they're not blue they won't do pardon <laughs> I, i'm obviously speaking foreign as well now never mind carry on sorry if they're not blue they will not do yeah oh we got that we'll we'll, we'll clip that up and put it on instagram yes <laughs> I basically, I, um, I've not, we don't have a tractor. Like, so where we rent the farm, they have tractors, but they're used for, um, carting apples and things like that. So Chris and I don't use them. So, and we don't have a quad or anything like that. We have the Hilux and then we have my van, which is my vehicle, which is, um, a refrigerated van which I use for the little farm fridge. So when it comes to jobs that, so here's a good example. If we want to get a bale of hay from, so Chris is going to go, he's going to go, you know, I don't have my trailer license, so he's going to take the huge trailer to go and get hay or straw, whatever. He's going to bring it back. How do we get those bales off the trailer into the barn? Yeah. What we do is there is an old wrought iron um, gate from God knows what era laying around on the farm. So we use that as a ramp off the back of the trailer. We then roll it down and roll them where we need them. <laughs> or we press it or we um, put it as a ramp against the tailgate of the Hilux and roll it up onto the Hilux I mean I don't think Yellow Wellies the safety charity are going to take us on as ambassadors anytime soon but you make do like there's no there's no option for us but to make do yeah no I'm surprised that so one time I'm going to tell I'm going to tell you a little story now so one time um god I don't know how many years ago it was we had to so we used to rent this little um solar park we weren't that little but a solar park and we used to graze all underneath the solar panels and we used to like all our little um shetlands and that used to graze used to be amazing bit of ground actually but there was no running water like no running water so we used to have to take like the blue water butts of water we used to have to like fill them on the back of the Hilux, drive them there, and then obviously pour the the um, like the water butts into the IBCs. Yeah, oh, yeah. So we used to but we used to like siphon it out. Or one time we was in a rush, and Chris and I tried to lift a water, like those big blue water butts. We tried to lift it off the back of the Hilux to pour into the IBC. Mm. which you can imagine ended in my f- the the water butt falling on my foot and me ending up in a, basically in a and e 
with an x-ray and just stuff like that we don't really because we just do it we don't really realize that it's not the norm and that people yeah. would like yeah. normal people <laughs> would just use a tractor or they'd use a quad or whatever so like electric fencing for us probably takes like four times the time and steps that it takes you guys but you don't really at least you stay thin that's the only that's the only positive i can give you that's the thing i suppose like um you know no different whereas if i was forced to fill a water trough but with a 200 liter 200 gallon uh, 200 liter blue drum i'd say fuck this i'll go get a proper job mm. this but we yeah we've we've had no different and so how do you feed how do you feed how do you feed the stock if you're on a tractor um well they either have grass or turnips or if it's real bad we borrow our friend's trailer pick up fodder beat and we <laughs> i found like i sound like such an idiot saying it to you but basically we there's a big part like a big mound of fodder beet. we by hand throw it in the back of the hilux we then drive it to whatever so we might have like eight or nine different locations where we have sheep yeah so like our diesel bills like 200 pound a week or whatever just doing the looker in um it's quite a, a job really anyway we'll drive the footer be there and then the two of us will so you put your hands on the cab of the truck and you you run your feet and as you run your feet you're kicking the footer be out the tailgate <laughs> onto the floor it's and so, then they use it. it's so simple but it works what do you do you literally use a tractor everything's indoors with us Every, everything's fed mechanically and everything's everything's outdoors with us and if we ever feed for for the beat like we had a few bad springs a few years ago and when we had a load of for the beat delivered here we just drive in with a tractor bucket take the bucket up the field and just shake it on the field how do you bet how do you bed like bed everything down then teagle tomahawk straw, straw chopper you put a bale in the back and it blows in and it just does all the sheds yeah. um we, we've we've got um we've got a polish guy from a local village that comes and beds them by hand yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i'm your polish guy <laughs> that, that's a joke that's a joke we haven't um no most most of ours is like um we, we don't use a lot of straw under the cattle we don't house any sheep at all so okay. just under the cattle and we just use um paper waste usually there's um we don't use straw. We we grow barley, so we sell our straw then on for like the horsey people and stuff. So we don't have to bed much, but yeah. But when we do have to use straw for like the triplets or lamb in time, or if we got anything that's ill and we gotta bring them in, it's hard work in it, using it by hand. So one year so like our our shed, like our only cover, as it were, um, is like a colander. Like there's so many holes in the roof and it's so damp. So we've got some goats in at the minute that are um, um, with the billy and we've got some calves and we have to bed all of them down. But I have to basically carry it from the bale to the pen and shake it out. Yeah. So that sounds archaic to you. 
Who needs the gym when you're doing that, though, innit? You're saving gym membership. That's the one way to look at it, That's, why, I'm eat, that's why I can eat chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Fair play. Fair play. You, men- you mentioned it then, um, and it's a very good segue. Thank you. I haven't got to come up on myself. Are you, are you going to say the same thing about the billy? Do, do your billies piss on their beard as well? Is that what you're going to say, Di? That's the question my I want. My billies can suck their own dicks. If I die, I want to come back as a goat. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> That's class. Go on, carry on. They, they can what? You heard, die. Basically, <clears throat> if you're a billy goat, yeah. the reason, no, the way in which you get women is by A, pissing on your own beard, mm. and then flopping that beard onto the females, but also you have the ultimate skill of sucking your own penis. Well, my, my. How the other world live, eh? The mind's blown now, isn't it, I? I didn't think Looks we were like going to go this. I, I, <laughs> I see I what I've done there. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to go down the self-fellatio route, but what I was aiming at was, we call you the chief shepherdess, but you've got calves, you've got goats. There's a whole plethora of things going on. What do you want to say? <laughs> we'll start with the goats. What was? What? How did that come about? Me and Chris both like both of us like goats. So are the goats? Are the goats? What Di is trying to say? Are the goats pets, or are they there for commercial reasons? Hang on, let me finish my mouthful. <laughs> That's what the goats are. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, let me get one more drink. I, I heard you had to remove a rib. Is that? No, is... Marilyn Manson removed a rib. One that time. must be, because I heard that in school. That must be an urban myth. If you, you, if you hear it in school, it's got to be true, though. It's got to be true. No, so, okay, so Chris likes goats. I like goats. So I bought some pygmy goats. When they have babies, they go as... Um, pets like there's there's no point doing pygmy goats as me they go as pets and chris's goats which are anglo-nubian or boers they go as meat and the goat meat market has gone mental the goats that we send to slaughter have been sold before they even butchered that's class that's that's good isn't it because See, of course, you're you're working on the outskirts of an absolute urban hub. Like, you you mentioned Cardiff earlier. Cardiff's, like, 300,000. What's London? Nine million? Seven million. Seven million. million. Well, the most recent place I lived was Stoke Newington. And it would take Chris 45, 50 minutes to get to me in London from here on a good day. It's crazy, that's isn't it? That's nothing, is it? That's no, nothing. That's bongos. Die. It takes us that long to get to wet, like to get to like Carmarthen. Yeah, I know. You know, it's bongos. We think Carmarthen's like really like far, the... don't we? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not, is it? I know. You know I went to Wales. I went to Wales once. You know, Chris. Right, and I. Where do you go? Let, let me guess. Let me guess. Pembrokeshire. 
No, we went to St. David's. Yep, that's in Pembrokeshire. That's my city, I, named it after me. I think it was our first holiday, no, second holiday. We went camping in St. David's and then we went to, I can't even think where it was. And we went to some waterfalls and it was beautiful. Oh, Chris is such it. a fucking charmer, isn't he? <laughs> Do you know what? Like, we went to, uh, so one of our friends um, went to uni in Wales. So he was like, right, you need to take her to Cernso. And we went to these waterfalls and they were beautiful. And everyone was like getting photos in the waterfall. And then Chris just took a piss next to the waterfall. And I just thought, <laughs> Who am I with? Like, you just thought you just thought Warwick Hero. Last my mom. I've actually got a, I've actually got a photograph of him in in a fluorescent orange um, swim shorts because he never wears like proper shorts. He always wears swim shorts and no pants. He never wears pants. And he was just and I just thought, do you know what? I'm not even mad with you right now. Like, goes <laughs> on, isn't it? Do you know what I took out from that? From, do you know what I took from that, Jake? I just love the Cockney accent that they put a Y in David. Saint David. David. Saint David. Saint David. Saint David. Saint David. Yeah, I don't really think me and you are in a position to take the piss out of anyone's accents. Yeah, true. True. <laughs> you say it. David. 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 St. David. St. David. <laughs> yeah. I thought you loved Tony Falls and Horses. I do. I, yeah, honestly. Die, die, fuck off, you mug. Anyway, <laughs> you've probably forgotten those, right. though. But do my shitty questions, then. Go on, let me finish my mouth for and then do shitty questions. But for the listeners at, low, listeners at home, I hope it was the chocolate, but I think she just said, shall we do the shitty questions? <laughs> hey, don't be don't be so derogatory. These cows, these are can't talk cows out. That's... That's how important these questions are. We've got to do them quick, efficient, or otherwise those cows, you know, they're going to be on the is it the A1 from Kent to London. I don't know that's part of the world's geography, but, you know. A1, A2. A2, yeah, there we shall, are. Sorry, I, I haven't quite got over. Shall we do the shitty questions? <laughs> Good God. Zoe, question number one. What is the most used word or sentence on the farm? X-rated or watershed? Whatever it is. It's all pretty X-rated, yeah. Hurry the fuck up. Is that you saying it or you hearing it? Okay, Chris saying it to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because you know I'm called Slowy. Slowy? He don't call me Zoe. He calls me Slowy. Oh, I had enough. You know, he had enough struggles trying to pronounce your name normally. So don't change <laughs> him again, please. Slowy called. Right. Anyway, <laughs> right. Question number two. What is your all-time favorite Cabland classic? Diana Ross, I'm coming out. <laughs> That, that is a banger and unexpected. Didn't yeah. see that. What did you think I was going to say? I don't know, like 50 cents or something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming out. I'm 
She wore gym pants as well, didn't she, uh, Diana Ross? <laughs> <laughs> gym knickers. Sorry. <laughs> Next question. Next slide, please. Question number three. Four legs or four wheels? Pretty straightforward, surely. Obviously, four legs. Four legs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Question number four. Pit or bales? Considering I don't really know what a pit is, probably bales. Bales? Yeah. Good, good, good answer. Bales of hay, yeah. <laughs> have you ever have you ever considered buying quality Comrisca hay? It's it's equine forage dye, it's not for sheep. Okay. Or anyway. It's only for it's only for racehorses that run in the Grand National. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless the goats run in the goat national, then we can supply it. What is guys? Question number five. I know you haven't been on AGM, but surely your imagination alone can come up with something. What is your favourite AGM slogan? Um, you do you, babe. You do you, babe. Yeah. Oh, isn't that cute, Jake? It's the same. And the wink. And the wink. They are. Basically, they basically are let me just explain that. Because it doesn't matter what you do, someone's going to give you shit, so. Preach, honey. Preach, sister. Hey, fucking man. Drink to that one. Should we, we should drink to that? that one? We should. Yeah. Don't hate the player. I hate the game, innit? Chin chin, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh. Are you looking forward to. Oh, hang on. Die, did you hear that noise? Jake, did you hear that? I did hear that. Is that the Boris bell? Oh my god, it's still going. 18 months on, we've still got the same joke every and, fucking And they day. haven't even got COVID in England anymore. It's not a thing. Look at Zoe. She's a picture of health. She hasn't even got a mask on. She, she has, Jacob. It's social distancing rules. She's got a mask on, and we're doing this socially distanced, okay? You are right. You are right, I Ignore no, me. You know. that, that, of course, was not a sound that we'll add in in post, and you're looking startled as to what the fuck we're doing. That was the Boris Bell, which means it's time for you to see us. Are you ready? Oh, have you got a pint of I've only got that. We have to fill it up then, wouldn't you? You better fucking fill a pint somewhere. And there's got the alcohol in it. Have you got a time in your head that you'd like to you'd like to do for this pint? Have you got anyone you'd like to beat in particular? Chris. Um I tell you what, Chris is beatable. Chris is beatable. What was Chris? He was 19.4 seconds. That's very beatable. Come on, I was five. I was five. Come on, you've got this. I've never done this in my life. Just to put it in the context, AK, what was AK, Di? 3.8. AK was 3.8 seconds, and Chris was 19 seconds. Hang on, hang on. AK was three. Yeah. Eight, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, he is. You can see why he was called the AK-47. I've never done this before in my life. Honestly, AK must have some issues. You can't drink that quick and not have issues. Any tricks? Any tricks? Uh, probably I'm the wrong person to ask because I'm not a quick drinker when it comes to a pint and Di only drinks half pints so okay. we're probably not the I'm best really now. so put it in your left hand and take a dig, big inhale out your nose before left you start hand. 
Left oh, hand. First, first of all, so what what are you drinking? A pint of what? A pint of gin and tonic. Oh, you're the second female to drink a pint of gin and tonic in the uh, in the Boris Bell challenge. <laughs> right, um, die. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Tell us when you're ready, and Di will count you in. Are you ready? Yeah. Three. Three, two, one, go. And she's off. And... Do you know what's funny, Jake? Is the... Oh, I'll, I'll, oh, I'll oh, tell you what. Quick, quick, that, was a, that was a good trick. She could beat. She could quick, beat Chris. Quick break. Just, 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 just a quick break. It's like stopping in the services on the M5, Jake. You need to, you need to just have a stop. You need to just have a think. Re reassess your life. Yeah, let's talk in more drinking. That looks like brain freeze situation, doesn't it? That's the problem with hey, Jake. The color of the gin and tonic is the same color as the hair. Oh, it is. Another. another, it is. another. It's also it's also Auburn, isn't it? Guy. Another, another little stop because you know why rush things, eh? She's doing. She's oh. doing okay. I do feel like we're in the countdown territory, though, Di. Oh, we are. She's, she's, oh my god. ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
You know, did you ever watch our MTV show? Did you ever watch The Valleys on MTV? I might have seen one. Yeah, well, there we are. That says enough. Those girls are from like our villages, so that says enough. <laughs> so we're used to seeing girls drink a pint of lager and think nothing <laughs> of <laughs> I wish. I dream of that. <laughs> so you might you might have lost on the pub your shield, but my God, are you winning in life? Oh, I die. It's been an absolute... She called you an intellect. <laughs> yeah. Don't smoke her ass now. Wise one time doesn't mean you have to try and, you know, worm your way in. Yeah, Chris wants to watch himself. He'd be outside your window now giving you bloody yeah. um, compliments. He would if he weren't too busy on Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> it's been an absolute honour to have you on. Um, everyone at home, remember to like, subscribe, leave a review. And follow us at at Pod. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. A waste of time plugging your Instagram account, but it is. You don't need to follow me. You need to follow at PubYieldsPod. Diolchan uh, Vaur. Guys, it's been an honour. It's been a privilege. Thank you, Mr. Anthony. Thank you, Mr. Mrs. Thank you, Mrs. Colville. Thank you, Mrs. Colvillage. And we'll see you all again. Is, 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 that, is that not what it is? is Colville. It? Cole Village. Die. It's Colville. Oh. Right, let's finish. Yeah. Codville. Anyway. <laughs> Bye. I'm really not gonna mess around. I'm having fun. Don't put me down. I'll never let you sweep me off my feet.